0: everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri and I'm joined by Kevin O'Rourke, the pride of Long Island. What is going on, brother? Hey Andy, I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? I uh, can't complain. Actually, you know, I'm a little bit sick. Uh, I've been sick all week, but uh, if, if I'm sniffly today, I apologize. But other than that, doing pretty good. Uh, I think I was complaining about our giant snowstorm last week, but it's all cleared up now, and it actually looks like fall, so yeah, can't complain. Nice.
1: Yeah, it's getting a little chillier here on the island. No snow yet, but uh, if we were were knee-deep in snow, we'd have bigger problems.
0: We literally had, like, a massive dump of snow. Like, I'm talking, like, six inches. It was stupid. Pretty much the, like... The city just called a snow day on Monday, and <laughs> the roads were as awful as you can imagine. It was the worst. Canada sucks for that. <laughs> snow apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, literally the snow apocalypse. Um, so yeah, we uh, we got a good show for you today. We are gonna kind of put some finishing touches or put a bow on the Link's Awakening. Remake that came out for the Nintendo Switch. We wanted your questions. We took to Facebook and Twitter. Asked you guys for uh, feedback, hot takes, questions. So we're going to answer those. But first, uh, we should probably give a shout out to a cause that's very near and dear to both uh, Kevin and I's hearts. And that is, of course, Linktober, which starts right now. It starts on October the 1st. Um, If you don't know what Linktober is all about, basically... It's headed up by a friend of ours named Joel who lives in the Chicago area. And uh, if you've ever heard of Inktober, it's like a 30-day art challenge. This is kind of a spin on that where this is a 30-day art challenge but all about Legend of Zelda. So over at linktober.com, he has a calendar um, which gives you a different prompt for every day of the month. So like day one, it'll be draw a fairy. Day two, it'll be draw an item, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, I think there's like a few different calendars going on right now, and KO, you've been uh,
1: participating, right? That's right, yeah, so I'm participating this year in the main calendar, Um, there's also the quest calendar, where you create a character and throughout the entire month you actually, like, take them on a journey, and, like, draw new things, like, of that character, doing whatever it is they're doing in your quest, and there's also the chance calendar where you roll a six-sided die, and you get a prompt based on, like, what you're rolling for that that six-sided die. It's really, really cool.
0: Yeah, really cool, and it's really evolved even in the last couple years. Um, you know, the, the new other calendars are, I, I believe that, uh, I don't think the Quest is new this year, but the Chance one's definitely new this year, right? Uh, no,
1: actually we these are the second years that we're getting uh, both Quest and Chance.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Um,
1: the newest edition is the Legacy calendars, um, but those have been, like, popping up as the year goes on. So we've seen we've seen legacy themes before um, that let you do some stuff like outside of October and draw a little bit, you know, based on that month. It's, it's really it's really cool. It's a lot of fun doing these art challenges. It's very yeah, inspiring.
0: Been a, I think there's a couple other months that Joel uh, or Linktober puts on. Uh, I, I want to say there was Moogle March, which was uh, Final okay. Fantasy based. And it was January, which was January Harry Potter. Oh, very- January
1: Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, also, there is the Koroktober as well, which I think is done by a few of the Rangers from Linktober, and that that just seems like fun destroying a bunch of Koroks. Maybe not 900 of them in a month, God, but you, you get the idea.
0: No.
1: My hand would hurt a lot after
0: that. <laughs> I'd never draw another Korok again. <laughs>
1: Well, there's always next year.
0: Yeah, so if you are uh, the artistic type, and actually, I guess we should stress too, it's it's not just like strictly drawing. If drawing really isn't your thing, you can like, you can like put stuff together. If you're a sculptor, you can you can sculpt something. If you're, you know, you can just you make it whatever it is that you want to create. But like, yeah, if you're an artistic type uh, and you haven't been participating in Linktober and you're a fan of this Zelda series, you should check this out. There's a great community of. Uh, of guys and gals over in the Linktober Discord server, uh, lots of cool people, lots of uh, friends that we've made. Uh, we've we've had the pleasure of meeting Joel um, several times now. Couldn't be a nicer guy. So uh, you know, head over and uh, check out Linktober. Other piece of cool news before we get into the episode today that I just showed you, Kevin. The N sixty four version of the Breath of the Wild two trailer. Super cool. This is
1: incredible. It really is incredible. Um, I want this game on the N sixty four. I don't even want it on the Switch. I want it on N sixty four instead.
0: Yeah, if if you haven't checked this out, you got to head over to Zelda Dungeon. Um, I can't I can't remember off the top of my head who made it, but it's just it's so well done. It's like it literally looks like Ocarina of Time, but the pretty much frame for frame version of the uh, Breath of the Wild two trailer. I thought the Ganon. Looked even creepier in this kind of de-evolved version. Yeah, it like creeped me out. Uh, this is by
1: the regressor on the YouTube. Regressor, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and had music and sound effects by Vince ninety four.
0: Yeah, if you haven't checked this out, do so.
1: Yeah, this is just so great too, and and they like mix in some like sound effects from N sixty four Zelda games, so it's it's really really well done. Yeah, the way Ganon, Ganon's head
0: snaps. Oh, man. His eyes are, are super creepy, even creepier in this version. Uh, really, really cool stuff. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. With that out of the way, Kale, we have a bunch of questions to get to you all about Link's Awakening. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're going to do this rapid fire style, and uh, let's let's go. Heather says, did you steal anything in this game?
1: Immediately. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I stole from the shop within the first hour. I was like, i gotta I gotta just steal and see it's harder, yeah, it is. It's a little harder to steal. The shopkeeper knows he's been fooled for the past twenty some odd years, so I guess he he wizened up.
0: You know you really should just have like uh like bars at the door or something like that, <laughs> yeah, maybe a security camera would, maybe a camera, yeah, um, so I didn't steal anything in my first playthrough, but in my second playthrough, I was just like. You know, fell back into my old bad habits. <laughs> Lifted about a uh, thousand rupees worth of goods. Oh boy, that's that's grand larceny. Hey, maybe you know what? This will just—it's a lesson for the shopkeeper that uh, you know—it's been thirty years, man. You got to get those cameras
1: <laughs> or mark that bow down, down a little bit for sale. <laughs> yeah. The sale on that bow—it's outrageous.
0: 980 um, slammos and that's not even the most expensive thing now. 1,280 rupees for a Chamber Dungeon stone. That's right. What a racket. Uh, You know what? Actually, I guess uh, let's sidebar just for a quick second here. Sure. Did you hear any feedback from our Chamber Dungeon episode uh, last week?
1: Uh, I only got positive reviews.
0: I didn't hear anything negative. I would agree. I was expecting a little pushback um, from some Zelda fans about the Chamber Dungeons, and, you know, like, we, we didn't quite bury them, but we also gave some constructive criticism, I feel. Yep. And I think that most people were pretty on board with our assessment.
1: Oh, yeah, for Ple- sure. So I, was, I
0: was pleasantly surprised. I was expecting a little bit of a, I don't know, of a pushback, I guess. Oh, we're just too likable, I think. I can say that again.
1: Um, <laughs> Allison asks, red or blue tunic? I went with the red tunic. I did, too. I was in the business of dealing damage and having that with the Cohalent sword and having that stack, you felt like, uh, the Hulk running through and just slashing everything.
0: Yeah. I think in my mind in this game, a good offense was the best defense. So I, every time I could, um, you know, I, I just chose to upgrade my sword. So that way I was, I was slashing people, uh, you know, quickly and, and getting the job done. Because, like, I I don't think that a lot of enemies deal you major damage anyways, so I, no, I, I didn't feel like I was ever, like, on the cusp of dying. If I did, I would probably have upgraded to the blue tunic. Like, I'm playing Link to the Past right now, and I feel like you're in the dark world, and, like, any enemy hits you, and it's, like, two or three hearts worth of damage. Like, if yeah. I had the option in that game, I would for sure go for a blue tunic, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: Um, Link to the past is
1: very especially when you get to the dark world. It's very unforgiving. Um, I will say, doing a hero mode run of this game, I would go with the blue tunic.
0: Yeah, I th- I think for sure. But just on my just on my regular old first playthrough, I think red tunic is the way to red. go. Red, team red, baby. Laura asks, do you think temporary power ups like the piece of power and the guardian acorn should be should make a comeback in future Zelda games? Hmm, I. I, I'm I th- gonna say no. I I don't like the the power-ups at all to be honest. I I don't like that I mean first of all, I, I don't like that they pop up and it takes you like you have to scroll through that text in order to to actually get them. Um I don't know, I, I, I don't I think it adds an element of randomness, which I guess maybe I don't want my Zelda experience to have.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of torn between it. I don't I don't think we need this in future Zelda games anymore. Um, I am a big fan of the clock in the original Legend of Zelda that freezes everyone on the screen. Um, having an item like that seemed pretty cool. bring the Bring the clock back. But yeah, scrolling through the text I think is the worst with these. Maybe if that was gone, I'd be a little more partial to it,
0: but nah, sorry. It feels like a very early '90s kind of a thing to include like power ups like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I can uh, see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess it's just it's too it's too random. I mean, they're they're obviously helpful, but I I don't know. Something something about it. Like every time that I that I see a power up on the screen, half the time I don't get it anyways. Because like you know, as we were just saying, like I upgraded my my sword so that i wouldn't need that and i feel like i didn't take a lot of damage anyway. so it was you know a lot of times it's just like you go out of your way to get it and then i feel like once you get the power up like every time i get a power up i feel like the next screen i'm in there's no enemies and i'm just walking (laughs) so it's kind of like a wash
1: yeah on the flip side too though like you and i collected everything and got all the items and stuff like that so i think for like a more for, for a run where like you're not going for everything, those might just be like a godsend. Even on like hero mode, you're playing through that. It's like, all right, good. Like I have a piece of power. Like this next couple rooms are gonna be like super quick in a dungeon or what have you. You know. So I, I see. I see both sides. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but, no, I, I'm not. I don't think we need them. Yeah, I don't think we need them. Yeah, I agree. I I don't dislike them, but I also wouldn't want anybody to go out of their way to put them in future games. Um, And I guess kind of building off of that question, Jason asks, What is your favorite Zelda feature, so uh, item, gameplay, mechanic, etc., introduced in Link's Awakening that carries through to future Zelda games? Good question. Uh, Yeah, this is a really good one, actually. Like, I feel like so much of what Link's Awakening did was, was kind of done already in A Link to the Past, so this is... It's a tough question because on the flip side of that, like we, the power ups don't carry through. A lot of the items were already established. Um, you know, this is a one off story, obviously, and doesn't yeah. really establish any any long reaching, you know, um, additions to the Zelda lore. I, it's a I good, have, it's a good I question. have a
1: good one. I, I I love the rocks feather. That coming over, and that was the first game that had the rocks feather.
0: Yeah, that was the only thing I could think of that. Rocks, Rock's Feather was in a couple other games, but uh, I couldn't think of anything else. So maybe I'm just. like, Maybe I'm missing something, but. I think my answer is Rock's Feather by default.
1: Yeah. Rock's Feather, like the movement in the game, like that carried into Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. They kind of tweaked the Pegasus boots a little bit, um, which I think that Oracle of Ages and Seasons probably did it the best. but This brought that in. You did have them in Link to the Past as well, but...
0: I, I think Link to the Past does them the best, personally, I think.
1: I'm a big fan of being able to move in every direction while you're, yeah. you know, while you have that. Um, yeah, I don't know, the, this... the Also, the game brought in, like, some big inclusions to, like, how the dungeons behave. Like, we spoke about a little bit with the chamber dungeons, so things like building around, like, a central theme of a dungeon or, like, a central room, like the um, the orb or the ball in Eagle's Tower, stuff like that. Right. I think that that started to influence some of, like, the later dungeons, whereas in, like, Link to the Past that sort of happens. But those are more, like, labyrinths. I, I'd say they're more, like, a, a different kind of dungeon layout than the um, Link's Awakening dungeons. So I could see that as well, too, some influence from those.
0: But Rock's uh, Feather, man. Rock's Feather. Yeah, I, I think for me it's gotta be Rock's Feather. Um, maybe uh, maybe one thing that Link's Awakening did, which was really nice, was like kind of focus on character a bit more. And not like all characters obviously, but I guess Marin in particular kind of gets uh, mm. a lot more focus than maybe... I think he, I think it's probably fair to say that like <clears throat> Marin gets more focus in this game than Zelda does in Link to the Past almost, so... Maybe yeah. just its focus on character um, as well for future games. But yeah, that, that's a tough question, but a good question. Um, so Kirk asks, what was your first experience with Link's Awakening? Oh boy.
1: Mine was playing it at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon and tagging in for someone else that dropped out of the game. That was the that first, was first fir- time I that ever played it. was the first time you ever played it? First time I had ever played it. I wanna wow. say it was twenty sixteen. I think it was the first year that we were in the basement. And uh, it ended up being me versus Goo. And we got up to night or to Death Eye at the same exact time. And it was like a nine hour like slug fest. And I didn't know what to do, didn't know where to go. I had never played the game before. And
0: Oh my god. I think Mossy's Mossy's <laughs> and
1: I think it was Mossy's and Blake were telling me where to go i can i, um, can I guess who to... you
0: had to sub in for sure <laughs> is it is it the the guy who makes the rules saying that nobody uh drops out no no it was um it was
1: for i think it was for tom okay and That's then the crazy. next year i i played it because I, I played the game so much
0: yeah i played links awakening on my game boy um like way 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 back in the day but i don't I don't know if I ever finished it, but I have the cartridge for it, and actually, I don't even know if that cartridge works, but, um, (laughs) I, I played it on my OG brick Game Boy, and, uh, yeah, I think I was too young to appreciate it, um, back in the day, I, I must have played it after Ocarina of Time, I had, I feel like I had my brick Game Boy for, forever and ever, but, um, You know, I I think I played it around the time that Pokemon was coming out, or like Pokemon was like the big thing. So I didn't sink too much time into it. Um, I've replayed it a couple years later. Uh, I want to say this would have been the the Game Boy Color version. Um, And yeah, I I played it then, and I've I've played it a couple a couple times over the years. And then obviously this past year, just really you know dug into the game a lot since I was uh, playing it at the marathon this year. So yeah. That was my first experience with Link's Awakening. Good experience too. I I tempted to see, or I'm curious to see if that cartridge still works. Yeah, we gotta test that guy out. Uh, so follow a question from Kirk. He asks, "Would you prefer it to be screen based, or to be a screen based camera, or smooth the way that it is?" So obviously, in the in the original version. Everything is the camera's fixed and then when you go to a new screen it scrolls over. Um, and in the remake, of course, it doesn't. I will say I, I like that it doesn't, but it's weird that it doesn't because we've played so much of the original that like my uh I think I was saying this a couple episodes ago. My like not muscle memory, but my memory of where certain turnoffs is, like the like the path to get to Richard's house, um, is very much dependent on the screen shifting, and I'm like okay the the path is is on the on the very left hand side of the screen straight down and like not having that is a little bit tougher in this remake so I like that it doesn't but it's it's also weird that it doesn't
1: Yeah I, f- I feel you with that especially like having like those key landmarks of where to like run to It's a little disorienting at first but it's it's also really cool to look at like how close like the face shrine is to Animal Village. yes. And that's my, that's my best example. But also, like, when you're fishing, to see how close that the fisherman is to um, to the forest or to the woods, the mysterious woods. Right, or to, like,
0: the... Yeah, exactly. Like, I think, like, in general, the world just seems really... Like, it seems much more compact and much smaller, which it felt bigger on the, on the Game Boy version because of that screen scrolling. But now you don't really have that cheat effect. So, like, the world really does feel... Like you're so close to everything, it feels compact.
1: Yeah, feels like a little diorama that you can pick pick up the characters out of and play with them. Sounds like a little dollhouse.
0: Yeah, and I read a good article on Kotaku actually that kind of said like um, this: the aesthetic for this game really complements that because everything feels like a small little toy in this small, compact world. And I, you know, I kind of agree with that analogy. Yeah, it yeah. makes
1: it makes you uh want to pick pick up everything as an amiibo.
0: Yeah, actually. I'm still I will be forever chapped that we didn't get a Marin amiibo. Yeah. That may, there's still time. I guess. I don't I, think do it'll think, happen, but so Andy from Zelda Dungeon asks, um, <laughs> do, you think, "Do you think that there will ever be DLC for Link's Awakening?" I don't think so. I don't I don't think so either, and that's the only way I could see Amiibo being released. And if yeah. there was DLC, it would probably be some some chamber dungeon shenanigans. I could see that being a thing.
1: Hey, if that happened, I'd love to see some DLC to do some online connectivity and to be able to share. Maybe add more more rooms from other Zelda games.
0: I feel like it's more likely that it would just be a new game instead of DLC. That'd be cool. I'd love to see that engine be used again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, I think that Dungeon Maker is going to happen, like we were talking about last week. Uh, It's just, it's a matter of when. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we got this question a lot from a few different people, so I'm just going to read it from Jesse, who asks, Does the 8-way directional movement bother you, or would you prefer it to be a smooth, circular movement, like in A Link Between Worlds? Oh, I, You get
1: used to it after a while, but I really do wish it was like A Link Between Worlds or Triforce Heroes. It just feels like I'm playing that game, but it's just a little bit different. And I think that having the movement would help. Um, what I really don't like is the... I, obviously, like in the DX and original, the Pegasus boots, you can only dash in four directions. But it would be really sweet if you could do eight-directional dashing. With the Pegasus boots. That's what I'd like.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, actually. The... I don't have a problem with the 8-directional moving at all, but, you know, actually, I guess you nailed it on the head. Like, it's... Uh, when you're dashing, it's kind of a pain in the butt, because, like, you can only go uh, left, right, up, down, so if you're trying to go diagonal, you kind of got to do this funky, like, start, stop, down, move, left, and it's just like, uh, I wish I could just, you know, go go in a straight line instead of having to do this uh, this jive to get my character over there as fast <laughs> as I can but no I, I don't mind the uh, the eight-way directional movement at all really like I I probably didn't notice it after the first five minutes I would say
1: yeah, it it sticks with me um it's it's got pros and cons but um, I I'd like the circular movement. I'm a sucker for uh, Triforce Zero's movement. So if I get more of that in my life, I'd be very happy.
0: I I would say that I noticed the um, the screen scrolling feature or lack of screen scrolling feature rather more than I noticed the eight way directional movement. Mm. Yeah, it, so. you can adjust to it on the fly, so it's not it's not so bad. Um, so Roger asks, this remake is getting way more popularity than I would have guessed. Uh, with the seemingly good success it's having so far, does it open the door to remakes for games like the Oracle series? Hmm. Uh,
1: I think so. I- I'd like it. I know that much. Um, I just don't know how that would work. Would we have two separate games again, or do you think that they would do like you start each one
0: and have it bundled together? I think that they would be bundled together for sure. Yeah. And that, you know, once you finished both of them, you could unlock the linked ending mm. that you would get. Um, yeah. I, I think that, uh, so Roger actually said that uh, he was surprised about the amount of popularity that this was getting. I'm, I'm not really surprised at all. I think Link's Awakening is a pretty beloved game by a lot of people. Um, a lot of people grew up with it and you know, it, it's just, it's a really good game even if you've never played it before. So I'm not surprised at that. Um, I also, you know, I think that the Oracle series or the Oracle games will get remade at some point. Um, it's just, uh, it's, you know, I, I think like every game in the Zelda series has been repackaged to an extent at one point or another, except for maybe the NES games. And, uh, you know, I think it's game probably Boy. the Oracle's turn. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess like enhanced in a way. Like, oh, gotcha. a, link, a link to the past, I guess, wasn't enhanced on the Game Boy Advance, but they added in four swords, which is kind of like, you know, kind of like an extra bonus thing. And then we had wind waker, <clears throat> twilight princess, uh, HD. So yeah, I, I think that the, uh, the Oracle games will get their will get their due eventually. Um, but I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that it would have happened even if for some reason people were just like, ah, this links awakening game is just okay.
1: Yeah. Even, I, even I though agree. I don't think
0: that would have happened.
1: I think also too like the popularity of the game is due to, I mean, Breath of the Wild is an incredible, like the the most popular Switch game, most popular Zelda game. Um, it, it got a lot of people on board. I don't know how the sales are for it, but I, I'd imagine pretty pretty darn incredible. Um, and now like having people that had bought a Switch, uh, young and old that have a Zelda game, and they see a new Zelda game come out, it only makes sense that they go and buy that, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we have a good question coming up a little bit later, actually, about that. Um, here's an interesting question that uh, that I had to read and twice, because I was just like, wow, I never thought of this. Kenneth asks, if it's all just a dream from the Windfish, how is the myth written on the wall by the ancients with a photo in the old guarded temple. Who are the ancients, and why are they not in any other lore or reference? So basically he's asking, like, if this is all a dream, how does somebody know that and write it on the wall? Good question. Yeah. Huh. I had never thought of that, actually. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, like, I mean, there's no answer for that, but um, it almost makes you wonder if if they could go back to coholant or the the dreamer or the windfish or something like that and tell another story like you you finish up links awakening and you and you're just like okay that was a great story but i think that there's you know i i've concluded the story the island is gone but a question like that kind of makes you wonder if there is more you know if there is more to explore in that setting or in that world that led to the dream of coholant
1: maybe there's a dream within another dream
0: Inception.
1: Yeah, you go, you go back to the game, and Marin's asleep, and you just boom—you're in Marin's dream, and everyone Brilliant. is singing.
0: I wouldn't be mad at that. That'd be cool. Yeah, really good question. Really good question, um, and I hope that we can answer for that someday. But uh, I guess for now, all we can do is uh, is do what we do best, and that's uh, speculate baselessly. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to learn more about who the ancients are. Um, Anthony asks, Why make tremendously tedious golden shovel difficulty chamber dungeons and then make the only prize, rupees? At least give us some Hetsu poop. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I agree with that. It's, uh, you know, you get some really awesome prizes for finishing the first, second, and third shovel difficulty Uh, chamber dungeons you get a full heart container as a matter of fact for finishing the third one so like the the latter chamber dungeons and the golden shovel difficulty are incredibly hard but like you don't get any reward so i don't know to me that kind of killed my incentive to do the rest of it like maybe if you got a figure or something like that like the the nintendo character or the mario character figures or something i would have probably went and finished them all but like for three hundred rupees, I was like, yeah whatever, I can get that in the rafting game and like a fraction of the time. Yeah. Cool if you
1: got like a character swap you could play as Bow Wow. That might be a little I, too too ambitious.
0: I would've I would have definitely finished the Chamber Dungeons for that. That would have been awesome. <sighs> or get did a ever, mask or uh, something. Did you ever play Cadence of Hyrule all the way through and get the little Deku scrub that you could unlock? No,
1: I did play on someone's game that had that, but I have not done it myself.
0: Um, he's cute. cute. He's cute. Yeah, he's cute. He's a little weak. But terrible. <laughs> yeah, but he's cute. I don't know why that reminded me of that, but it did.
1: That's I think a cool his little, name like, is uh,
0: Yves. I couldn't even tell you. Scrubzo. Shout out to Scrubzo. <laughs> um, w- yeah, it would have been good if you got something for finishing the chamber dungeons, but, you know, there's... I, I don't know. I just feel like there's no good incentive to do so, so I didn't. Especially because a lot of these chamber dungeons are, like, pretty much the same gimmick that you'd already done before, like like build a sword or build a shield or make a, make a chamber with, like, 16 staircases. <laughs> oh, the staircases. Yeah. You know oh. what? Actually... So we were talking about feedback earlier. That was the single most complained about feature of Chamber Dungeons was the staircases.
1: Yeah, it's just...
0: Oh, yeah, it's just not that great. No, it's not Imagine,
1: Imagine having to connect all of them for that dungeon. Like being able to drag and drop them.
0: I, you know, I don't know. Actually, it's it would like... probably make it easier. Yeah you like it's such a basic feature like you should be able to just link staircases i i don't know it's it's definitely a missed opportunity for sure and i you know what i feel like enough people have complained about it that someone at nintendo has had to take notice of that and say like hey when we drop dungeon maker let's let's include a option to make you know staircases you could you could decide which ones linked to what Yeah, well, that's a crazy idea. How could you possibly believe that? Well, they said it on the Champions cast. I think that uh, maybe Doug Bowser listens to the Champions cast. Hey, actually, so i got to say this. Two, maybe two weeks ago, a week ago, uh, the Nintendo Minute show did a Zelda-themed Would You Rather. Let me tell you what the Champions cast did about four months ago, my friend, and that is a Zelda-themed Would You Rather show, so... I'm not saying that they that they copied our idea, but uh, it was it was very similar. Let's just say that. So
1: so mark your calendars for uh, February sixth when Nintendo Minute does a breakdown of uh, a mailbag about (laughs) Link's Awakening. (laughs) We got them.
0: We figured out the algorithm. It's four months. Kit and Krista, if you're listening, just give us a shoutout. That's that's all we want. (laughs) You can steal our ideas. Um, Donald asks is the secret ending canon and do you feel bad about Marin I would say it, it's quote unquote canon because I mean it doesn't really affect anything it's just like you see her and she smiles a little seagull. yeah and then you see the seagull
1: yeah and, um, I feel like Marin is a seagull that's the canon
0: yeah I agree actually i'm just going to go ahead and go into the next question here because it kind of ties into that as well sure um cory says the reward for dying zero times is still in the game at the end of the credits you hear Marin sing see a big image of her smiling in the sky and see a seagull fly off in the distance did Marin manage to literally escape coholant if so how or is this more metaphorical um so answering the first question like of course you feel bad for Marin. that's like that's the, the beauty of Link's Awakening, I think, is, like, the further in you get into this game, and when you realize that by waking the Wind Fish, you have to basically eliminate everybody else from existence. I think yeah. that's, like, the beauty of it and the struggle that it puts on you, the player. And I think that's why Link's Awakening just is so resonant with, with me and, and with a lot of people. It's, like, it's such a conundrum of, like, you know... You know you have to do this, but it doesn't feel right.
1: Heck yeah. It's rough too, and the bosses even warn you. They're like, yeah. hey, you're gonna kill us all. Like, please don't. <laughs> after you after you kill them and murder them. They're and then you go and just you, you just Thanos everybody.
0: <laughs> well, I, at least Thanos only took away half the people.
1: <laughs> He's I not mean, he didn't one, leave
0: slime eyes around. <laughs> this one, you're taking them all. You know what, and maybe. Maybe I just forget in the original version, but in this version, you actually see kind of like a, of a, a shot of all of the residents of Koholint right before they disappear. Yeah, which I thought was sad. Yeah, you get that in Link's Awakening DX also. I I think I just don't remember it because every time I finish the game, I put it down because I've been crying cry. straight through. <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> I can't see the credits because I cry. Um. It's super sad. Yeah, you're literally, like, it feels that way a little bit in Majora's Mask, too. But maybe a little little bit bit of the reverse, like you're saving the day there. Well, you're not, because, so hear me out. This is going to tangent a little bit, but in Majora's Mask, you save the world by destroying their moon. Um, I'm no scientist, but destroying the moon seems like a pretty bad idea. Those tides are going to be wrecked.
0: Let me put it this way. When I finished Majora's Mask, I felt like I had done a good thing. And when I finished Link's Awakening, I felt the opposite. Yeah, you feel pretty terrible. I feel pretty bad about myself. You saved I, the fish. I feel like... Well, the fish was never in danger, though.
1: Yeah, he was. He was put to sleep by a nightmare. Yeah, he's just sleeping, though. He's he was not gonna, in danger. He was going to die. Probably.
0: I don't think he was. Who would, Who's ever died from a nightmare before? Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger and <laughs> Scary Terry. <laughs> um, I feel like the seagull at the end is, is probably metaphorical. I don't think that Marin's like dream subconscious literally managed to inhabit a seagull. <laughs> but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think so Could too. Could be wrong. She also too like mentions that she wants to like fly away from the island, and she sees the seagulls there. So I think that's more of more of a metaphor.
0: Yeah. Um, powerful scene. Really good scene. Yeah, it is. It's Pretty cool. They Judy make you asks, wait. Too. Yeah, they do. Sorry. That's okay. Let's see what Judy asked. Judy asks Do you think Link's Awakening will be a shock to the system for fans who have only played Breath of the Wild? I just wrote an article explicitly about this, actually, and how it it depends, but like if you were a first time player and you'd only ever played breath of the wild and you're just like heck yeah another zelda game and pick this up and beat it in 15 hours where you've spent like 200 hours in breath of the wild i think that that could be a huge shock to the system it, it would be less of a shock if this game was less expensive but as we've covered before it's not so same. i i could see that same for that, for that reason,
1: too. Um, the amount of time that you put into the game. I feel like the style of it, too. Um, Breath of the Wild and Link's Awakening are two radically different games. Yes. Um, both Zelda games. I love both of them. But as someone that maybe has only played Breath of the Wild as their first Zelda game, I could see that.
0: And you know what? It, it would be hard for any game to follow Breath of the Wild. Except for maybe Breath of the Wild too. So, like... I feel like that puts Link's Awakening at even more of kind of a disadvantage or in a position where people will really scrutinize the fact that it's so short. So yeah, I, I could I could definitely see that. It's, uh, you know, I feel like I've made this comparison, you know, a million times before, but like you, you go back and you look at the history of Nintendo remakes, um, like full-blown remakes, and you have games kind of like, Metroid Samus Returns, Metroid Zero Mission, Fire Emblem, uh, the one that just came out, Shadows of whatever, uh, Fire Emblem Echoes, I think it was called. Um, All of those games have traditionally been. Yeah, that's the one. All of those games have traditionally been on handheld consoles where, even though these games are full blown remakes with new music, new graphics, a lot, like most of them add in extra content. Like we were just talking about Four Swords and a Link to the Past earlier all of them are on portable systems where the games cost less. I think with the, you know, with the 3DS pretty much gone and dead, you, you don't have that option anymore, so it's, it's a weird, it's a weird spot I feel like for, for remake games like that, that, cause you know, like, Link's Awakening, this game, and it's awesome, but this is a 3DS game. You know, like, this would have been a perfect 3DS game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. But I hope that people wouldn't, that being said, I hope that people, like, I wouldn't want anyone to play this game and be like, oh, this game sucked because it was only 15 hours long, because it it doesn't, it's great, Um, it's just, it is a a vastly different type of game.
1: I think getting 15 hours of a game, too, is pretty good for 60 bucks. Like, that ain't, that, that ain't bad at all
0: yeah, it's just, you know, I, I could see, you know, we, you know, as, as a gaming industry, we've shifted towards these open world games. that last you like a hundred hours. And that kind of opens up the conversation of like, you know, should a game like breath of the wild or the witcher three or red dead redemption be, should it be like a hundred bucks or I guess 80 bucks for you? Or like, should they cost more since you get so much out of it, which I don't think is unreasonable, but also that's a whole different conversation. But Yeah, it's really interesting. There's a lot of, you know... I could see a lot of different viewpoints about this, and I think that they would all be valid to an extent.
1: Sure. Yeah, I feel like sometimes, just to say this real quick and then make it bury this and move on, but um, I end up getting turned off a little bit by games where there's just so much to do. I do too. And it's like you have a quest log of a hundred things, and it's like, oh man, like I really just want to like fight the enemy, save the princess, get the kiss and then bury it. Uh,
0: yeah, I do too. Because a lot of times it feels like it's superficial the the length of the game. Like there's let's what's a good example? Xenoblade is a great example of this. Fantastic game, but like there's a million side quests that are just like very basic bare bones fetch quests that don't really add anything to the to the main story. You don't get any items or whatever that you need. You just get money or whatever. So superficially, you have more stuff that you can do, but it's not—it's not really stuff that you need to do or stuff that's worth it to do. So yeah, it's—I uh, could see that, but it's—it's uh, interesting, interesting subject. I think that we'll be talking about for a long time. For sure, yeah. Uh, moving on from that, Heather asks: Is the Link's Awakening remake a good introduction to the Zelda series for someone who has never played? And do you like the inclusion of more hearts and seashells? Um, so, answering the second question, yes. And answering Same. the first question, yes.
1: Yeah, I think it. Um, I think the game does a good job of introducing people. Um, there's still some quirks to Link's Awakening that might be a little difficult to like find where to go. Um, things like finding the uh, like the frog song and stuff like that. Like those seem kind of odd. But I guess if you explore enough and, you know, find your way around, it's it's a good time. And not, like, too challenging.
0: Yeah, I always go back to... I, I think that the best game to introduce someone to the series, and I may be biased, is Ocarina of Time. Because it's, like, a mix of the stuff that came before and the stuff that came later. And it's all kind of blended together perfectly, and it's very accessible. I had my fiance play that, and uh, she finished the game... And then I had her play Majora's Mask and she was just like, what is this? This is like, (laughs) she, she just, she didn't get the, the time warping concept and stuff like that. And it was just like, she doesn't play video games. So it was, it was a bit too much for her. Whereas I feel like, I feel like Link's Awakening is like a very accessible game. There's no gimmicks. There's no, you know, really you just kind of start off, you get your sword, you get your shield and you start going into dungeons. And like, there's definitely some things that you could get hung up on, like, um, inside the windfish, I feel like you could get really lost if you didn't know what you were doing but um, yeah I feel like on the whole it's it's very uh, it's a very good game for people to break into the Zelda series with yeah I could see that I, th- I think the,
1: uh, the layout of the game and you beat the dungeons in specific orders and like you can you could just go to town I think it's a good intro
0: Daddy Gamer Fred. Big asks, Daddy! <laughs> DGF! Any thoughts, <laughs> uh, any thoughts on speedrunning the remake? And what do you think the players have come up with to cut down their time in the game? Uh, I haven't tried to speedrun this, but I do know that a lot of the tricks that we used for DX are out of the window. Yes.
1: Um, I When I first got the game, played it Friday night, played it all the way through. Um... And probably beat it in, like, five or six hours, because I did spend a little time just getting, like, doing a little bit of extra stuff if I was, like, getting overwhelmed right. and, like, forgetting where to go in dungeons and stuff like that. Um, so I hadn't played it in a while, and also, like, the way that I would play through the game would be, like, you know, the the glitches, the sideways block pushes, right. um, things of that nature. Um, yeah, I'd love to speed run the game. And play it through. I haven't seen any crazy exploits yet. I found one online and was able to replicate it pretty easily, but it's pretty useless. Um, you can get hit by a fireball from a river Zora as you're flipping up through a ladder, and then, like, glitch under the ground, but it doesn't really get you anything crazy. Um, you can't beat uh, Angler's Tunnel last. They fixed that, so the Nostalgia Ghost will just, like, hop down and bother yeah. you when you've completed that dungeon. Um, so there's not really any crazy skips that I've seen yet. Who knows, we, may, we might get some weird fishing buffer apple pick up speed boost glitches, you know, that could come from out of nowhere, but those have yet to be I, yeah. seen.
0: I'm sure there's got to be something, but I mean, the game is only, it's less than a month old, it's going to take a little bit of time to find these uh, exploits. Um, I tried out pretty much every area in in this game that you can exploit in DX. Damn. And uh, you can't do... You can't do the L-shaped jump in Angler's Tunnel. Nope. You you can't do the jump in Catfish Maw right to the very end to get the hook hookshot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sideways block pushing is totally out, so that really... That really <laughs> cuts down on the time that you can save in an uh, Eagle's Tower and Turtle Rock. You can still, however... Um, bomb arrow, the wall, and turtle rocket, and hop that's through. That's right. It. But that even though that you doesn't save you, yeah, it helps. Saves you a ton you of a few time, rooms. but it helps. Yeah, that yeah. that
1: definitely helps.
0: So that was the only thing that I found that's like still kind of there.
1: Yeah, and you can't skip uh, Candlelight Castle. And they've not only that they've they've walled off that area, and they put a heart piece there, from where you were able to like jump down into Richard's villa through like the back part, through, yeah. like that little garden. So that doesn't exist as well. Um, and and that's fine. That's just fine.
0: Yeah, I, I was trying to take my time on my playthrough. But, um, you know, maybe, I think uh, maybe we'll sit down and we could uh, we could do a, a speed run of this game, quote unquote, just to see how long it takes or if there's any tricks or anything like that. So, um, yeah, check back and uh, we'll have some more speed running thoughts on this, I'm sure. For sure, yeah. Uh, um, so this next question comes from Thwack. Thwack. And, Thwack. and I'm pretty sure that he's talking about the original and the DX version of Link's Awakening. But Thwack asks, did you ever find the slow and repetitive text of the game to be a deal breaker?
1: Um, Not a deal breaker, but they were like, it's a relic of an old game. Um, and also, like, you're on the Game Boy, so like the text boxes... Well, they're small, so you can't fit all those words on there. Um, so, like fitting a sentence, like those little uh, the kids that are playing catch that bother you about bow wow, like those just take an eternity. Um, <laughs> definitely not, <laughs> definitely not a deal breaker, but just frustrating for an old game. I think Jamie would agree with that.
0: Not not a deal breaker, but like, my God, every time you brush up against a rock, oh, this is too heavy, you can't lift it like this. Or like, when you when you hit the ice, burr. Oh, burr. This is uh, chilly. There's that, a, that's another big reason that I never got the power-ups either, because it just took forever to get them.
1: Piece of power was always useful in a dungeon, but not the Guardian Acorn. No one ever wanted that. Um, There was a funny like term in the links awakening dx speedrun community where if you would like if you would get through turtle rock without hitting any of those ice blocks you are doing it burrless <laughs> so you didn't get the burr
0: text yeah it's uh it's definitely annoying i mean it's not a deal breaker but it is it's certainly annoying i i actually i think it's more annoying in the DX version, that you have to go and, like, re all of your items all the time uh, yeah. for, like, the power bracelet. That's that's my biggest pet peeve, is the power bracelet, I think, in the original game. That, yeah, like that I, I hate that more be. than...
1: But you're also, you're limited. You only have a few buttons, so it's, like, right. there's only so much you could do. It's like playing a NES game. Like, playing, like, Castlevania, and it's like, there's no button to do your special item, so you have to do up and then B. Stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it, it, I mean, you know, this game was released in 1993 on the Game Boy. So, I mean, like, there's, you know, I, I'm very I'm very sympathetic to that. Or, like, I give it a lot of leeway because of just, you know, how... I mean, in 1993, this game was just groundbreaking. And, you know, certain things, of course, don't age well about it. But I, I'm willing to overlook a lot of that. And, you know what, thankfully, they, they really fixed the text... Uh, in, in the remake, I, I can't ever remember a time where I was just like, my god, this is taking forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, even when those two jabroni kids are talking to you about the village. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something happened at Bow Wow's house. it easier if you just ran figured it out yourself. God. Yeah, so I'm... I've, it wasn't a deal breaker, but I'm happy they fixed it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so last question here. This is a great question, and this comes from Dylan. He asks, between the OG Link's Awakening, Link's Awakening DX, and Link's Awakening Switch, what is your personal favorite one, and what is one thing you would improve on? Actually, let's take out that one thing that you'd improve on, because I think that, as we just alluded to, there's lots of things that you could probably improve on, but let's just go back to the question of, like, between the three versions of Link's Awakening, what is your favorite? I'm
1: torn um, between DX and Switch. I love the DX game. Um I really do. And I I just I've beaten that like to death with speedruns, so maybe that I'm a little like maybe not rosy tinted uh goggles here, but I like that how new the Switch one is. Maybe in 6 months my answer will change, but right now I think I think that the Switch version is my favorite out of the, out of the 3.
0: I think I'm still going to say DX, but actually in six months, my answer could change the opposite way uh, the more I play Link's Awakening Switch, because I mean, there's just so many quality of life improvements there over the original and the DX version of of Link's Awakening. Um, you know, I guess talking about the original version of Link's Awakening, I feel like when DX came out, it just completely replaced it. So, like, there was never a need to ever play the original version of Link's Awakening again, so I almost don't even include that in the conversation, which is kind of too bad, but, you know, DX was just such a... Not an improvement. Well, I guess improvement is is the word, but, like, it just really just took its place.
1: Yeah, I think DX is, like, the definitive version of that game. Yeah. But Link's Awakening Switch... Is not a replacement to it, if that makes sense. Don't think it's a replacement to the game. It does things... It's very different.
0: I, I agree. I think these games kind of exist side by side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like... It would be like Metroid 2 and Metroid Samus Returns. Like They're technically the same game, but they're also like quite different in a lot of yeah. aspects.
1: Oh, yeah. So, and they're a good 20 years apart, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, like, I, this game is really, really similar to Samus Returns. I can't help but think of that game almost every time I talk about the uh, Link's Awakening remake. Which makes me wonder, let me ask this. Andy from Zelda Dungeon asks, Kevin, uh, and I don't know if you're a Metroid fan or not, but would you have paid uh, $60 for Metroid Samus Returns on your Switch? Um... I might have. I bought. I did buy
1: uh, Metroid Samus Returns for 3DS. I did not beat the game. Um, I also felt like if I didn't buy that game that Nintendo would stop, ma- stop making Metroid games. <laughs> and I didn't want that to happen. Um, but I'm not even a Metroid fan. So I just did that. Um, if Nintendo did the same thing and they were like hey we're going to release F-Zero X like HD on the Switch I mean I would buy that right away. In the hopes that Nintendo would maybe make another F-Zero game, so maybe I'm buying it for the wrong reasons. But I don't know if I'd drop sixty slamos. I probably would.
0: I think I'd drop sixty slamos on on Samus uh, Samus Returns. And I guess not not in the sense of like, are you a Metroid fan or not? But in the sense of like, it's a remake game. It's you probably get about the same amount of gameplay out of it. But like, one was. In in Canadian dollars, one was fifty bucks and one was eighty bucks. That's a thirty slammo difference. Yeah, I mean, which is almost like it's like a, you know, another game. I could I could buy a couple games for that. Yeah. Uh, if I'm if I'm being clever with my slamos. <laughs> Interesting Did, question. had a couple um, movies. Yeah. If you're listening to this, uh, Zelda fans and your Metroid fans, let me know if you would spend. Uh, 80slammos canadian on metroid sam's returns on your switch also funny you should say f-zero i was playing that on my uh on my nintendo switch online yesterday oh yeah did, did a couple races good game yeah that one Loves is that fun
1: game. um f-zero x is just the bomb super awesome music fast paced action racing
0: i i will posit that f-zero gx is the best f-zero people
1: say that um but i don't know Okay. Okay. I don't know. I I think I'm just I am, just so absorbed in F Zero X that I couldn't possibly let any other game be the best. I also could never beat that story mode in GX.
0: Oh, the Falcon I was too hard. He was just so it w- hard. It was hard, but I loved that. That whole game was pretty hard, actually. You just go so fast in F Zero. Every time I play it, I'm just like, I'm amazed how fast you move in that game.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need to have an F-Zero day on the Champions cast.
0: I would love F-Zero. Like, a new F-Zero or something. I, I would I would buy a new F-Zero. Like, I'd buy two copies just to make sure that they keep making them in the future. Oh, heck yeah. Same here. We hope that you download this episode two times and enjoyed our, uh, our takes on Link's Awakening here. Um, we're probably, you know what? That's probably going to do it for Link's Awakening for the next little bit. Uh, we'll give, we'll give the topic some room to breathe, and we'll come back to it in a little while. But um, yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed the remake. I am, uh, I'm happy with how it turned out, and I'm ready for Breath of the Wild too. Hopefully, we get some information about that sooner rather than later. Maybe in December, the Game Awards. Who knows? Could be. Yeah, maybe we'll see another trailer. I'm not really holding my breath, but that would be... uh let's end it there. Um <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, head on over to iTunes, head on over to Podbean, like, subscribe, review. Uh, we appreciate all the love and the feedback. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter at Spiteri316. You can check Kevin out on Twitter at Shabazzle. That's going to do it for us. KO. thank you for joining me this week. Yeah, thanks, Andy. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, and we'll be back next week. I'm the champion's guest. See you later. See ya.